The following podcast is the extracted audio from our recent DBIS Wellbeing webinar for Year 7 parents. I am Jason Broderick, the Head of Wellbeing here at Discovery Bay International School. Joining me are Karen Harcher, our Assistant Head of Secondary, and Jessica Bradbury, our School Counselor. We hope you find this podcast informative, and please don't hesitate to reach out should you have any questions about the topics we discuss. Thank you. And check back soon for future wellbeing podcasts. Uh, welcome to our parents from year seven, and thanks for taking the time to tune in and find out about what we've been doing in the year seven secondary school at DBIS. My name is Jason Broderick and I'm the Head of Wellbeing throughout DBIS and I'm joined here today by the Assistant Principal of the Secondary School, Karen Harcher, and the School Counselor, Jessica Bradbury. Hi. Um, the, the reason we're doing this um, is to give you an idea of, of what we've been um, doing with the Year 7s. Um, it came to light through behaviours and incidents that were happening in the school. There was inappropriate language um, and behaviour being used, and we wanted a consistent message for uh, the Year Group. So we decided to put together some workshops that we um, have just finished delivering for each of the uh, Year 7 tutor groups. So we did them in small tutor groups focusing on um, the power of language, the power of gossip and rumours, and the power of communication, how to communicate effectively. So Jess, I'll, I'll get you to run through uh, what the content of the lessons were so that our parents have an understanding of the sorts of themes that were covered. And Karen, at any time as well, if you sort of add to any of those key points to assist our parents with what their young people have been uh, discussing during their form tutor times. Sure. Okay, so um, as Karen and Jason have both shared, um, we were seeing uh, behaviour in the playground, we're seeing students um, speaking to their teachers and to their peers about struggles that they were having um, in class, in friendship and, and out in the playground. So we decided that we would put together three different um, assemblies in tutor time to uh, explore some of the areas which we were seeing coming up. So the, as Karen mentioned, the first area that we decided to look at was um, power of language. Um, and that was basically helping our students to realise that what we said and how we said it um, is really important and it has impact and it um, can affect uh, those around us. So um, inappropriate and making them aware of the impact that has on somebody. So we started um, doing that by explaining, giving the students some scenarios, um, some of the conversations that we'd overheard in the playground, some of the um, conversations that students had shared with us. And we we kind of shared them to the class and we asked them to, to um, communicate whether they'd experienced this kind of um, communication and how they had felt about it and how students who had been called certain names or had certain things said to them, how it might make them feel. And um, we explored why these things might be inappropriate. Um, we explored how the intention of what's being said and actually what was received by the other student might not line up. Um, and also highlighting what um, the image or impression it gives of them if they're using this type of language. Yeah. We're really trying to get the students to think about the impact of their words and how once 
they leave their mouths, we lose control of where they're going and how they're going to land with um, other students. Um, so basically getting them to actually think and using the acronym, you know, is this true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Do I need to use these words? And is it kind? Um, we then moved on to uh, our following presentation, which was about the power of gossip and rumours. And um, we were asking our students to kind of explore what the difference between these two things are. Um, what kind of rumours they've heard, what kind of gossip they've heard, and how it's impacted them in the playground. Um, we really tried to get them to explore their own relationship with how they played a part in, in rumours and gossip, and also how it's impacted them. And we used quite a cool um, activity um, using a, a tube of toothpaste, which was quite fun, I think, in, in the class where we, we each had a, a tube of toothpaste and we asked one student to squeeze out all of the the toothpaste um, until the tube was empty um, and we asked the students to, to to think of ways that they could get the toothpaste back into the tube obviously this wasn't possible and um, we got messy and everyone had a little bit of a laugh um, we then used the analogy of this to to explain our words once our words leave our mouths it's impossible to to really get them back in the mess is there the stickiness is there the situation is there um, and it was a really good example for them to, to kind of understand that it's really easy to throw these things out there. Once they're out there, it's really, really tricky to, to, to kind of take them back in. And, and the impact of that, um, I think, was, was interesting for them all to make that connection. And then we had a, a video that we went through, but then we did something more kinesthetic, which was trying to get um, the students to stand up and the first person to do a, some body actions. And um, the, everybody in the row behind them didn't see it, but then had to mimic that to then see, was the last person doing the actions that were they identical to the first person and how they had changed and where they changed and then a little Chinese whisper telling the first person something and then they whisper that to 20 odd people and seeing how the message changes by the time it gets to the last person so um, again realizing that what they're saying and embellishing every time they then pass on gossip and rumors to somebody else they were really quite amazed, weren't they, yeah. at how different the original message or action was to yeah. how it kind of ended up at the end of the end of the chain. Yeah. Um, and it was a really good example of just because you see it or just because you hear it doesn't mean that it's true. Um, you know, everyone, as, as words and language and gossip and rumours move their way through, through different people, they can be slightly changed and edited and misinterpreted and interpreted differently. So I think that was a, it was a really kind of great physical opportunity to, to um, represent that to them. And that, that gave them a great foundation for this last workshop that we did with them, which was on the power of communication then and being looking at our learner profile as well and trying to bring in that confident communicator and, and how does somebody um, communicate confidently. And, and, and a lot of the students just don't have that skill to understand how they, um, how they can actually confront somebody when they are um, in a, situa a situation like this. So again, it was about making them, them known uh, to them their feelings known so they you know everybody has feelings and there's nothing right or wrong about these feelings it's acknowledging that this is a feeling and then this feeling is important to express it because they need to understand that when somebody does something that raises a feeling in them or an emotion in them that there's a way of handling that and they need to take those bodily signs um, and 
separate the person and the behavior. So it was more about them understanding that if this person is frustrating me, um, my brother keeps coming into my room and, and, and he uses my um, PlayStation without asking and, you know, it turns up into a fight. But letting them know that uh, if they acknowledge their feelings um, to the other person, that they were able to de-escalate things um, and then they could respond calmly rather than reacting. So we gave them some scenarios um, and we tried, tried to choose scenarios that, that would be in the playground and we gave them sentence starters to use that would separate the behaviour from the person and would um, give them an idea of, right, I can let them know how I'm feeling when you do this and explaining because what it makes them feel and um, they're able to express it in a calm way without responding or reacting in a way that they would normally would. Yeah, and the, the, the beauty of kind of using this format for, for our conversations, and it's something that you know we would encourage you to use at home as well, is that it, it really gives um, us an opportunity to identify the behaviour that's causing the issue, um, explaining how that makes you feel, and giving an explanation as to why that makes you feel that way. Um, and sometimes when when our students are in a situation that where they're feeling frustrated, it can feel very defensive or it can feel like they're pointing blame. And what we really want to encourage our students to do is to take some responsibility for explaining why it makes them feel that way. Um, the problem isn't just the behavior. Um, the problem sometimes is in the communication or the miscommunication between the two. Yeah. So when you do this, I feel this because of this. And that's a really good practice to get into as adults and as students. Um, I like to say to the kids that there's no um, misunderstandings, there's really miscommunications. And so it's about um, acknowledging how they communicate. And this is a really good strategy that they, and they practiced using those sentence starters and being able to use them. And then we went on to a nice video about uh, explaining that we all communicate in very different ways. And there was nice analogies to animals there. Um, and, you know, do you communicate like a shark or a fox or an, or an owl or a bear? And they sort of were all able to identify, wow, that's my actual um, style of communication. And then they realize how they deal or possibly not deal so well with conflict. Mm -hmm. And so it's about giving them the strategies of dealing mindfully with conflict. And I think also in that same sense, they were able to identify with the animal, like the avoiding turtle. Yeah. Um, but the point, kind of the summary of the whole situation was there isn't one style that is the you know, desired style. They can all be used in different situations. And we were asking these students to think, do you have a preferred style that you use in every situation? How does that work? Yeah. How about if you tried something else in this situation, let's see what the outcome would be. And just asking them to kind of look outside of what they normally do um, and explore if there are other options which are gonna get them to the result that they want to get to. And we're hoping that this is the, the form tutors have all got this, um, these slides and, and um, these videos and this sort of style of communicating and, and conf dealing with conflict. And we're hoping that they'll touch base with it quite regularly um, throughout the tutor period when any sort of issues arise of, well, let's look at how we dealt with that conflict and let's look at how we communicated. Uh, can we do that? Um, is there a better way? Have we been clear? Have we been mindful? You know, are we listening? Um, is there active listening going on? Um, and are they expressing themselves? And I think when we've used this, this kind of format and this style with our students in school, when they're experiencing conflict and we've been able to pull everything back, sit them down and go through 
the situation using this breakdown and asking them to reflect on how they're feeling and why they're feeling that way. The situation has been resolved very quickly in a very positive, um, with a very positive outcome um, for both parties. So it's it, we, we've seen it work and we know that it can work. Um, so we're trying to, to roll this out and, and um, really reinforce this habit amongst our students, amongst the adults around our students. So they come out being everybody's being heard, everybody's being listened to, everybody's being um, mindful and, and respected and validated. So getting to a desired outcome um, in, a, in a much more constructive way. So I guess the big thing now is what can we do as parents to help out at home? And so that school at home is using uh, similar language if you are interested in doing so. Now, one of the biggest things that if we retract to the beginning, the three areas that we covered were the power of power of language, is that right? And then we had the power of rumors and gossip. And then the last one is the power of communication. So we've allowed our students at DBIS within year seven to have an understanding of what we are expecting and being able to guide and assist them towards and how do we effectively work with others within our school community. And a big part of this that you can help out at home with is that when our young people do come and do need to speak, that you're in a position where you're able to listen and so that they, as Karen mentioned, can be heard. Now, technique here might be that you actually take the time to make that once a week, and it could be around a dinner time situation or maybe in the weekend. Now, because Karen might come to me and have a problem, I do not, as the parent, need to react to that straight away. Or judge. Okay, yeah, exactly, right? I might need to just be able to say, I hear that there is a lot going on right now, but can we talk about it in half an hour or maybe an hour and you'll be able to decide on this as the parent or well, I actually want you to take some time to think about this first but I want you to think about not what happened but how you are feeling and why you are feeling this way because what we do know working with our young people in KS3 and that is year seven through to year nine is that they are going through a lot at this time in their life and a lot being socially and emotionally and as you know as a parent if this is your first time having a child this age they're also trying to gain a bit more independence in their life and part of that independence is maybe choosing new friendships and navigating and guiding their way through friendships at this age can be sometimes the trickiest decisions and moments that they've had to face up to this time in their life. So we wanna take that all into consideration um, and, and be able to provide them with a really good platform and a foundation that as they move throughout life, yes, academics is very important, but we also have a very clear understanding, especially in this time uh, of, of history, that social and emotional uh, understanding is just as important, if not, in my opinion, with my bias, being even more so important. So, you know, take the time to be able to hear our, uh, our young people for what they want to talk about, but get them to take the time as well to think about not what happened, but how they are feeling and why. Also giving them an opportunity, you know, we all know when we're feeling hurt, feeling sad about something, it can be difficult to see things with logic, with rationale. Um, and as, as the adults in these situations, 
we can sometimes provide that and we can provide a little bit of that oversight and that little bit of um, insight into, well, okay, Jason, I can understand that you're feeling really hurt. I think I would feel hurt in that situation. Let's look at your friendship with Karen. When was the last time you guys actually played together? Oh, it's been, oh, I can't even remember. Okay, well, who have you seen Jason playing? Who have you seen Karen playing with? And who have you been playing with? And just helping them to realize that it's not, it may not necessarily be a rejection. It may just be that things have changed and you have changed as well. And so it's Karen and helping them to realize that it's, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, the feelings of hurt are valid, but we can explore um, a little bit of the rationale behind some of the decisions that might have been made. And sometimes that can help ease some of the, the big feelings that our, our children are feeling. All right. I, I, uh, we've really enjoyed working with uh, our, uh, your children and, and the students of our school, and we will continue to respond to a lot of the information that our community shares with us and also to our young people sharing with us. However, another part at home uh, that would ask you to uh, consider and be mindful of is in regards to our uh, working around social media. Now we're very aware that there have been at times uh, groups made and at this particular age, some of the things that are written down in these uh, particular apps can be very hurtful and very harmful. And we'd ask you as parents to be very aware and very mindful of what our young people are being exposed to. And we look forward to going into this more detail with our Head of Digital Citizenship, um, Angela Moriarty, over the next couple of weeks, where there will be another podcast coming out to you in regards to keeping our young people digitally, digitally safe, looking around the greater area of digital well-being. So thank you very much for taking the time to tune in. I hope that some of our techniques and strategies have assisted you and also the communication of what we have been doing with your young people. Thank you for now. Bye. Bye.